Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm interviewing Katie Godfrey, the founder of KG Salons, which is now being franchised all across the UK. She's also the founder of KG Professional Products, which is being used in over 500 salons worldwide. She's also one of the organizers of World Lash University, which you guys know I'll be speaking at in May of this year, May 12th to be exact. So I hope that you guys can make it out to that event. But I wanted to bring Katie on the show today to just talk about her lash journey and of course being a salon owner and a brand owner and all of that good stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And without further ado, here is Katie. Okay, Katie, so kind of walk me through the beginning stages of your career. Like what made you decide to enter the beauty industry? It was just kind of, it just happened really. I mean, I started my salon when I was 19 years old. Um, when I was in school, I was I was badly bullied. So I left at 13 with no qualifications or not knowing really what I wanted to do with my life. And obviously because I left with nothing, I had to do something for myself because there wasn't any kind of decent job I could get with no qualification unless I went back to studying, which I really didn't want to do. Put me in a room full of girls or, or, or anyone really owed freak out. So I knew I needed to work for myself. Funny enough, mm-hmm. it ended up being a salon, which now I am around girls, but obviously I've con- conquered that <laughs> fear now. Um, so I'm a lot better. Obviously, I'm a boss and manager and that type of thing. So I've conquered them fears, but that's how I managed to, that's how I started my salon. So I always wanted a tanning shop. That's kind of where the dream started. I didn't think I would go into a full-blown salon. But then when I launched my salon, the local uh, people were asking for nails, lashes, all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of missing something here. I need to, I need to expand. So I decided to turn the tanning shop and it was another business I had at the back of the salon into a full-blown um, beauty salon. So that's how the salon come about. Um, and then with the lashes, um, I had a, there's a big a lash company here. They're called Nouveau Lashes. They randomly called me at the salon one day asking if I was interested in training. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. A one-on-one training courses, I was perfectly fine at doing. That wasn't studying as such for me. So I was up for giving it a go. Um, as soon as I went to the course, that was it. I just absolutely loved it. And from then, lashing was my passion. So I, I, I just loved it. So I took that on board. I didn't do any other treatments in the salon from there. I just done lashing day in, day out, day in, day out until I grew to obviously what we are now. And so right now, you, do you just train under your own name or yeah so from that I started training so I had to open my training academy and also my eyelash uh, product brand alongside that uh, which is called KG Professional so I've done that because back then because I've been lashing for 10 years so a very long time so back then there was mm-hmm. I was getting different things from different suppliers it was always a nightmare I wanted that one place where you could just get everything in in, from one supplier to make it obviously a lot easier so I and then I was doing so many lashes I was ordering so much stock all the time that I thought I just need to have my own brand and do my own thing and I've always been about building a brand anyway but everything I used to have in salon I always wanted it to be KG everything so I decided to to that's why I decided to build the KG uh, professional brand so now we have our own training academy so yeah I do I do teach now and we've got a separate base for that Wow. And 
you have a little one and I'd like to know how you run all of these businesses and how it works like with being a parent. Cause I know a lot of people out there, they, um, some people are just single parents and they're still making it happen. So do you have any advice about that? Well, it's quite a big thing for me and it's a big thing when I do talks and when I do business mentoring and stuff like that because it's such a huge topic nowadays because I am a single mum myself. So I have been a single mum since I was 10 weeks pregnant. So I've always been on my own since, (laughs) which has been huge. So when before I was pregnant, I was lashing in my salon back to back five, six days a week. So when I fell pregnant, I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Where are my clients going to go? What's going to happen to the salon and that type of thing? So Mm -hmm. something I learned was God gives you nine months to prepare for a baby. So I took that Mm -hmm. on board and I made sure that in the nine months, the whole company was prepared for me to leave to have my baby and everything work okay. And actually, it was a complete godsend because the business has grown so much since having her. So I made sure that my team were 100 million percent confident in what they were doing and they were better at me than Lashes. I made sure that obviously everyone knew how to run the salon, which they were amazing at anyway. I didn't lose one client when I transitioned them all. I made sure that all of my clients knew if there was an issue, they could contact me directly no matter what it was about. So I made it just really open Mm -hmm. communication if they did need anything and to know that I was still there even though I wasn't. And so when I had my little girl, Lola Rose, the business was still running perfectly and actually even better because when I was working at home, I'm working on the business rather than being stuck behind the chair. So I teach that a lot now about stepping out of the business rather than working in it because when you're working in it, you're then only given 20-10% of your time working on the business, which is actually the part which is going to make your company grow. Yes. And then obviously my little girl's got a little bit older now. She's free. It is hard. There's no doubt about it. It's hard. I'm exhausted. I think she's exhausted. She's used to coming around to the salons with me and the office and she knows like she's come to odd meeting and stuff with me um, and she's because we've been brought up like that she's used to that lifestyle so it's right. great wow it's really good she knows how to act in certain places and she knows where she can mess around and where she can't mess around obviously uh-huh. she is free so she does have hiccups but she's she's pretty amazing it's just how we've had to fit our life with it uh, she's right. obviously in nursery now so she's there a few days a week which obviously helps because mm-hmm. uh, then obviously I can get on with real serious stuff while she's at nursery and my parents are a huge huge help as well so if for example uh, today she's had to be picked up from nursery like my, my dad would go and do that otherwise there is no other support for, for me and her it's literally just me her and my mom and dad when I need their help so you, you, you manage with what you've got and when you're surviving and living this that's how it feeds us you have to make it work right of course and I see you guys have won so many awards so yeah that's (laughs) just a testament to like you really are killing it you've won a ton like about client experience and just everything it looks like and so I just have to guess that your team you have pretty low turnover right yeah, I have an amazing team. I mean, I've we've obviously been going 10 years now, so a long time. And uh, obviously, people come and go, that's life, and that, that, that's just how it is. And over the years, I've always had good teams. Right now, I have the most amazing team ever. And it just, you're only as good as what your team are. 
So mm-hmm. obviously you have to bring people on board, you have to coach them, you have to train them to get to your standard, which is obviously the main thing for our standards, the high standards are key. And it takes a while for for people to hit that. But when all mm-hmm. your team are at that same standard and they know exactly how the business is run, you know, the culture of the salon and the business, everything runs so smoothly and yeah, without your team, you're 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 seriously nothing. So right. I'm I'm so grateful for them for being so amazing and uh, just loving the brand as much as I do. Right. I mean, that's not something that happens by chance. So how how did you actually like? What are some really big things that you made sure of whenever you were building your team and you know trying to teach them these high standards and how to meet them and and all of that? Like, what advice do you have for those who do have a salon who are looking to kind of build a stronger team? It is a hard one. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. staffing is the biggest issue I think you'll have within a salon, and when you don't have the right staff it can just really wreck your business or and right. salon owners don't even want to carry on because it is that hard uh, mm-hmm. but it's just about obviously getting on their level train them spend time with them make sure you're making them feel worthy like they're not just staff like I don't even use that word if you talk to my girls they'll never say that well, I call them staff they're not staff they're a team and yeah. it needs to be felt like a team and I just I praise them when I can. Like I give them what I can. I pay them what I can. You look, mm-hmm. you look after them, and they will look after the business. And that's how I see it. Absolutely. Never, never ever belittle them because they're staff and they haven't got their business. Because that's not that's not how it is. So yeah, they're they're really important. And I think you just need to you people have to realise that when they are taking on they are taking on staff, um, and you need to make sure you're building a. a a team atmosphere in the salon so everyone's working together rather than everyone individually because I think that's what causes issues it's not a competition between each other you have to work as a team yep I agree this is something that like I've tried to focus on as well like from day one um, and I now have like a pay structure that supports that which is called team-based pay and it doesn't mean like everyone just like gets paid the same amount it's kind of just like a way to help everybody work together as a team to meet goals and um, like everyone gets bonuses and benefits and it's really great and it's like it kind of breaks away from that commission structure that's very like about one single person and you're kind of just worried about your own column but I will say when I when we were on commission we still did have like that team atmosphere as well kind of like you're talking about and it really does help so and I think it says a lot about you too as a leader to have a team like that who is so happy and who's successful and um, it says a lot about the leader yeah I think also because obviously in my early days I was so badly bullied and then to put me in a situation full of girls I thought okay I'd have to step up here and I know what it's like to be in a salon and or, or just anywhere really where uh, you're not happy or you feel uncomfortable or anything like that. And you have to just make sure that that isn't, with, 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 isn't happening within the salon. So I'm very much aware of how people feel, um, if they're happy, if they're not happy, then why? And it needs fixing now. And and just very aware of that. And I do think that that has come from obviously the early days of what I went through. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about training. You have your academy and can you talk to us a little bit about what it entails? Like what can the student get from taking training with you versus maybe some other companies? Um, How long is your training, et cetera? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I think training is key. I preach that even if you think you're the best lash artist, you still have to train yearly. Uh, you still have mm-hmm. to keep up with the times, different techniques, be refreshed. So I, I, I think that's really important. And for me, um, not so much now because there's a lot of amazing trainers and companies out there. There's a lot of um, I don't see any of them as competition. A lot of them are my friends, so that's great. Uh, we support each other. But back in the day, again, because I've been doing it so long, there was a lot of places that weren't amazing to train. So I wanted to bring that quality and standards into the industry, which is what I've done. Our courses are obviously welcome for anyone, whether they're in industry or outside of industry. They're all accredited. I'm not sure how it works in Day, but here they have to be accredited so that, that's all done properly here they're very in-depth courses but they are only a day and then what we go on by are the after support so for me when I trained in lashes I was very much in for a few hours and then I was gone and then basically self-taught myself and I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I was watching YouTube videos and all of that so that's not what I wanted for my students Mm-hmm. So even though it is a day, which is very, very intense, for me, it was all about going out and practicing, going out and doing different people. You can do a model in your, or two models in your training, but then when you go out to do your live models in salons, you get different eye shapes, you get watery eyes, you get people with problem eyes, you, you get all, mm-hmm. you, you'll come across so many different issues. So you have to have that person that's going to mentor you every step to to help you with them issues. So for me, it's not just about that person coming in for a course and then see you later. I mentor them every step until they're completely confident. And I'm really passionate about that. They WhatsApp me, they email me, they'll, they'll contact me when they want. Like I'm very, very close with my students and that's what I like to be slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. So I find that another way of getting education in this industry is by going to conferences and that, you know, sometimes you have to travel, but it's well worth it to like go and surround yourself with other people that are in the industry and go hear people speak on different topics and such. We have the World Lash University coming up in May and you are a huge part of that and you're helping organize the whole thing. Can you talk a little bit about that and just kind of explain what an attendee can expect? Yeah, sure. So obviously, World Lash University is going to be the first conference for this year. There isn't many conferences in the UK. There's there's several. There's not that many. Um, It's quite, I'd say, new here. But within a conference, we've got, I think, about 10 speakers. And they're from all across the world. We have some amazing amazing speakers. um, Jamie Butler at Lashface. We have Leanne Harbour at Ultimate. We have Hannah from London Lash, who I absolutely adore. got Marina L from Russian Queen Lashes. She's coming from Russia. We've got yourself, (laughs) Delvin. We've got Courtney from Sugar Lash uh, coming from Canada. So we have some huge speakers. And what I want to stress to people is people just see a conference as a conference, but you need to see it as a training course. So Mm -hmm. for me, I say, like I said, education is key. You really should be trying to go on a course at least once a year. Well, for this uh, ticket, for example, it's £380. For a training course, you're paying that, if not a lot more, for a training course with one person. So why wouldn't you want to invest in yourself and learn something from 10 amazing people 
in this one day it's going to be it's going to be so much to learn it's going to be so valuable valuable for people it's mm-hmm. for lash artists and business people uh, it's going to be a whole day of obviously the speakers i think we're starting about nine and it's going to finish at six and then what the super exciting part is is the award ceremony which is going to happen in the evening so we're all going to get dressed up doled up and have an awards ceremony with a sit-down meal as well free course meal so all of this has been included in 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 the tickets so you get lunch provided the evening meal obviously the speakers the awards and the awards obviously like you said earlier i've won a lot of awards and awards are very important to a business to be recognized and mm-hmm. also it has to be judged very fairly there's a lot of awards out there that aren't or it's on favoritism and stuff like that where these are right. going to be strictly raw they are going to be judged properly then and the categories are so good so you've got your your lash awards for your lash artists and we've got the business awards to your salons and uh, you business women so it's 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 going to be really really exciting and a different approach to other conferences that that uh, are out there absolutely i'm so excited i've never been to the uk oh wow that's time I'm also really nervous too, because like I'm going to be meeting so many people I haven't met yet. <laughs> I'm just yeah. anxious to go, but I'm I'm so excited. It'll be really fun, and I think there's going to be a really good turnout. So yeah, so I'll put a link in the show notes and and stuff so that people can look to how they can sign up and everything. So my favorite question to ask people. I feel like it says a lot about each guest is what their favorite failure was. And doesn't mean that like it was an actual failure. It's it's kind of something where like it seemed like it was a failure and it ended up being good. So do you have any moments where you experienced that? That's a hard one, but I do think mm-hmm. I have a pretty huge one. So my dream was always to franchise my salon. Mm-hmm. So this dream took nine years to happen I finally had franchisee that come on board and we set up um, all the stock all the training all the staff everything was ready to go and it completely fell through the last minute and it was all advertised that this salon was opening and was our first franchise it was like my dream come true and everyone knew it and yeah it completely failed and I was devastated to the point where I was like I'm not doing it anymore maybe it was just a dream and it's not going to come true everything that I preached to people I was saying about myself and it was just yeah I was it was it was devastating uh, we had to make girls redundant and we we had to send all the stock back we had to say no to the building that we was going to have it was just it was just not a nice time and then so yeah I was upset for many months and then out of the blue I got a phone call from someone that wanted a franchise and I was like oh just not sure if I want to go through this again because I'm still heartbroken over the last situation but I gained my strength and I thought no that was my goal that's what I feel that I was on the turf to do to help people set up businesses and, and branch out and now we have two franchises so it worked out really really well in the end and I feel that even though that might have been a failure it it definitely wasn't like it was a test run for what was to happen and yeah so I don't see anything because of anything as a failure and every mistake mm-hmm. or lesson is um a story for whatever your business is whatever's going to happen in your business so yeah that was definitely a big one for me it's interesting how when you set your mind on something you always get kind of tested and and it's like do you like do you really want this and 
I experience that as well. Sometimes like when I'm going through a rough time, I have to coach myself and just say like, just keep your eye on like the long-term goal, you know, but definitely, definitely. And it's so hard. It's so hard sometimes, yeah. but mm-hmm. you have to keep on the ball. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever had a franchise owner on here. And I think that's pretty crazy. So like, how, how does that even work? Like, do you have your hands in those locations at all? Or like, what is your role with those? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's all very new at the moment. Um, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. But it's uh, people buy into brand, basically. So uh, people come to me that are business people, they might want investment, or they might be a beauty therapist or a lash artist that's starting out, but wants their own salon, but want to work under a brand, because obviously it's recognized, people trust that they can go there and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. these people buy into the brand, and they will have their own KG salon. And we help them initially with all the startups. So we help them with getting stock, the recruitment, obviously renovation, everything that they need to start off, obviously launching the company, everything that they that they need to start off before the launch date of the company. And then mm-hmm. once they are set up, they are the owner of that salon. They're the, their own director, their own boss. And then they will have their staff working for them, like obviously I do with my with my team but they have to run the salon like kg runs the salon they have to have the same products the same standards the same everything so whether you go to my salon or their salon it will be exactly the same experience which is the most important thing because again it's just building the, the trust with the customers and the brand and my my role is i'm very very hands-on like i am with my students i am with my franchisees as well so if I'm, for example, tomorrow, I'm in one of the salons doing more training because they need some extra training. Next week, I'm going in to do staff meetings at another salon. So I'm very much there whenever they need me. And for the franchise owner, I'm basically their mentor every step of the way. So they have a mentor whenever they need me, I'll be there. Wow. I can yeah. imagine that's kind of nerve wracking because it's like, it's not you running the show anymore, and but you still want to, like, it's your name on it. So I can imagine that must be a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. And obviously, as we're all business owners, we're a little bit of control freaks. So mm-hmm. for someone to be in a salon that's got my name above the door, I'm like, oh, my God, this has to be right. That has to be right. But they're, they're all doing amazing. If they didn't think they could, they wouldn't have started it in the first place. But we have the best people on board and it's really, really exciting to see where, where it's going to grow and where we're going to open next. That's awesome. That's really exciting. So yeah. what do you feel like is the biggest mistake that lash artists make when they are first starting out, mostly when they're trying to build their clientele? There's a couple of things I'd say. One, as a lash artist, I would say that they just do their one course and then they think that's it. They can stop. They're trained. They don't need to learn anything else. And they have to, they have to realize, especially lashes is the hardest treatment of all time. Like it takes a lot of time studying, practicing and learning the treatment to, to be a pro at it and for them to be producing good sets. So to just, take on all the learning and knowledge on board for them to learn and be open-minded with open-minded with that learning also to not devalue themselves from the get-go so don't just train in lashes and then all of a sudden you're doing lashes for 10 20 pounds like charge what you're worth even though you are training you're still invested in your training you're still outlaying on your training you need to charge what you're worth 
So I always mm-hmm. recommend to do an introductory offer for the first, for example, 10 clients. This is what I always say to my students. So your first 10 clients, offer it at a certain price. But then once them 10 clients are done, you're then going to offer it at your normal price, which will be a high price. So then even rather than doing for the whole of January, they're going to be a really cheap price. You just stipulate for your first 10 clients because one other clients will wait and think, oh, I'll just get it end of January and I guess they'll be cheap for the next month after and so on. Whereas if you're only saying it for the first X amount of clients, people won't wait and will want to be one of them first clients. So that always helps. And then at least you can then straight away go back up to your normal price rather than once you get stuck doing that low price, it's very, very hard to raise it. So just always, always charge what you're worth. So yeah, keep an open mind with your training and what you're learning and charge what you're worth. Um, One last thing, uh, which I find really frustrating is remember what you've learned and then don't go off and do something completely different. Um, <laughs> like if I say use 0.15s and 0.20, 0.25 is really bad for your lashes because of the damage and natural lash, etc. Then don't then the next day go and buy 0.25s. What was the point of the training? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So, Please just, even because a lot of people want, oh, I want thick lashes. Like, my client mm-hmm. wants long lashes. Like, okay, but it's about educating your clients. Like, you're the lash artist. You're the one that's trained, not your clients. Educate your clients. And that is key. Always, always educate your clients. And naturally, the client will appreciate that and will learn and knowing from a professional that they know what's best for their lashes. They know what is going to keep their lashes healthy. Like, you can have lash extensions forever and not cause any damage if you're doing it right but you have to stick to what your training told you for that to happen yeah I used to get really long lashes on myself like before I started (laughs) before I became a lash artist and like someone's taste can change like it happened to me like look at where I am now you know I don't have that taste anymore because I learned and yeah I think some people are scared to say no but it's not even just saying no it's almost just like teaching them like why they should want something else Um, yeah always always teaching I mean don't get me wrong I used to wear cluster lashes with semi-permanent eyelash glue because I knew no different like now uh-huh. I'd be like oh my god why is that person doing that and think they're the worst person in the world but we've, we all have to start somewhere and it's just keeping an open mind and learning and studying and there's so much stuff on Instagram and stuff now where you can you can learn so much from people or even this podcast you can learn so much from listening to listening to this like it's it's amazing what what knowledge and stuff there is out there now so I just think people need to be open-minded and lap it all up. Absolutely. And, you know, you were saying to charge what you're worth. And I, I completely agree. I think a lot of people, sometimes they keep discounting their services too. And it's like, when I see a business have a discount for like the entire month, for example, mm-hmm. it makes me what you were saying kind of wait. And then I end up never going because exactly. I forget. And another thing is if you're constantly discounting your service, you've brought down the value of that service because they think that they'll just wait for the next time you discount it because it'll probably be the next month. You're going to do something else. And so you kind of have to be patient and keep those prices up there. And I like the idea that you said, like, give it a certain number of clients who come in first. I really do like that. So yeah, you've got to to be careful as well, because if you're discounting all the time, or you've got really low prices, obviously, then you're going to hit a completely different market. And if you do want to hit that 
that market and that client base, then great, like carry on. But they're not going to be the people that are going to be long term in your company. And you need people come back every two to three weeks. But obviously, it's your livelihood. You need their income. So you want to attract the right clientele in the first place for, for your business to be successful. Absolutely. So last question, my favorite thing is to ask, what is your motto or just do you have any like words that you live by, like a quote or anything? One of my big kind of quotes that I say is no matter what wealth and success comes your way, always stay humble. That's kind of like my big thing that I live by. You can do really well and be successful, but you can lose all in a second. So yeah. Always remember where you've come from and all the work that you've put in um, and just stay humble. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Before I let you go, I wanted to just let y'all know or send a reminder if you've already heard about it, but I will be doing my very first live podcast um, being hosted by Lash Affair over in Scottsdale, Arizona. It is this Monday, March 29th, and it'll be from six to eight. And like I said, Lash Affair is hosting it. So if you want to sign up, it's a free event. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you're in the area, it'll be a really great opportunity to network and possibly get in on one of the Lash Boss Radio episodes. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to register for World Lash University, which Katie is one of the organizers of. And I will also link her salons and professional product website. So you guys can check that out too. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will be back next week with the next episode.